Welcome to the Sales Hacks Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association. Make sure that you're you're going to contribute to the success of the team. And if you're not going to be able to contribute to the success of the team, don't go over the board. So, Bill, that's taking ownership. You know, be there, perform. For sales professionals, team leaders, and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com. And remember to subscribe to the CPSA podcast through iTunes, Google Play, and more. When done right, social selling tools combined with traditional sales methods and a clear sales funnel strategy can grow a brand and drive sales. But how does a salesperson effectively manage their leads? How can you cut through all of the online clutter and noise to understand who you should target and how you can prioritize those leads? Our guest today is Rhonda Taylor. Toronto-based Rhonda is a seasoned salesperson, business leader, pioneer in the world of hockey, and a social media influencer. Rhonda is VP of Sales at HR Marketer, a tool which helps salespeople and marketing pros find and engage with huge social media audiences and then to convert sales. In this episode of the Sales Strategy podcast series, Rhonda and I will consider how to effectively manage your leads, getting the most from your data, your CRMs, and finding those golden nuggets. Rhonda Taylor, welcome to the Sales Strategy podcast brought to you by the CPSA. Thanks, Bill. I'm happy to be here. Rhonda, let's uh, let's jump straight in. Firstly, tell me a little bit about your career history up to joining your current role at HR Marketer. Okay, well, Bill, I was um, a Queen's grad, and I came out of university with all kinds of visions of where I was going, and I had lots of great opportunities um, provided to me, and I think the one was being a social worker, which was cash for life and a pension, or going into the sales side of a startup agency, a staffing agency. And I felt that opportunities were endless. And uh, during the startup, I was very successful. I took the company to uh, a significant level in sales. I wanted to to be part of the management team. I wanted to be part of the the ownership, a partner. Um, The opportunity wasn't provided for me. So I went home, spoke with my husband, and I started up my own operation had it for seven years. It grew and I was able to sell to a deco. After that, I did consulting. I traveled the world doing some IT um, recruiting for companies. I did HR facilitation for HR.com. And two and a half years ago, I became the vice president of sales for HR Marketer. Now, Rhonda, from your time as a player and coach, what, what lessons did you take into your sales career, which helped you achieve sales targets and drive business and to generally succeed hockey was ingrained in me as a child and um, it taught me a lot it taught me to be disciplined the needs to understand the, the goals of my team what my team wanted to achieve and I had to understand what my role was in order for my team to uh, to win the game or to achieve its goals 
Um, so I played at the elite level and I played at the university level. And one of my coaches said to me, Rhonda, when you go over the boards, make sure that you're, you're going to contribute to the success of the team. And if you're not going to be able to contribute to the success of the team, don't go over the board. So, Bill, that's taking ownership. You know, be there, perform. If it is to be, it is up to me. And I think that says it all. Now, you're also VP of sales at HR Marketer. So tell me a little bit about your role there and what does an average work week, if there's such a thing, look like for you? HR Marketer was traditionally a a North American product, but now HR is global. Companies are international with their staffing and with their staffing problems. So we have learned in time to become international. The interesting side of my business is that as a VP of sales, I'm very much hands-on. On On Mondays to Fridays, those are my research days. Those are my days to set up strategy. Those are my days to set up my social media activities. I'll even do calls on those days. But I'll very rarely will do uh, a demo or a meeting on a Monday or a Friday because there's a really a high risk of cancellation. So I turn around and tend to put them on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So my success is, is a lot higher. And I guess the other thing is, is in sales is that if, if people need prices and products, they can just go to our website or your website and buy. As sales reps, we're out there to promote relationships. We're developing a relationship. We're developing a bond between ourselves, our companies, and our clients. And that ensures future business. So that, as a, as a sales rep, you need to be very, very relationship-driven. In addition to being an entrepreneurial sales-focused professional, you, you also train and educate sales teams about tactics and tools to use social media for prospecting and engaging new potential partners and customers. Can you tell me two or three tips that you offer to help salespeople find and engage with prospective customers, partners and influencers through channels such as Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn? It's incredible the doors that are open now with social media. One of the things that I like to do uh, recently, there was a publication of the 100 top technology companies in HR um, to watch for 2017. What did I do? I immediately got their Twitter handles and I now have them in our software. And I reach out to these people every six weeks. My goal is for them to turn around to follow me. And that gives me the green light to reach out to them and say, hey, Um, on LinkedIn. You just recently joined me on Twitter. I would like to connect with you on LinkedIn. And there's there's a perfect start. So that's the one thing is establish targeted accounts and work them on Twitter. The other thing is, is that if you're going to shows, reach out to your clients and your prospects. Every sales rep who goes to a trade show always has meetings. Take time before the show to schedule some tweets about these companies you know drop by booth so-and-so they've got a great new product that they're introducing abc show you're developing a relationship they will probably retweet you um you're providing a service to them because you're heightening their profile but bill you're also turning around and 
heightening your own brand awareness because you're using the Twitter hashtag for that event, and it just gives you much more brand experience. Again, Twitter hashtag, oh, they're worth their weight in gold. Oh, my goodness. It just is common sense for me to be reaching out to them on social media and starting the sales process. Now let's talk a bit about how valuable and relevant content feeds into the sales pipeline. What do you see as some of the most effective content forms which help grow brand awareness and then lead to sign-ups and ultimately, hopefully, inbound sales leads? If you've got pieces of good content that you've developed yourself, a white paper or if you've done up a report or a survey, it's a great opportunity to turn around and, and tweet those out. And like, if I example that, that list of 100 people, I have done that. I have sent out a survey report. In order for these people to access it, they have to give me their email address. I'm finding more and more, the less you ask for, the, the greater the chances of somebody completing the form and moving on to being able to see what your offering is. So I just often just go for the email address. I, I completely agree with that. It's, it's about uh, offering valuable content. It's about growing brand awareness. And to your point uh, towards the end there, um, I'm, I'm also a big believer in don't ask for too much information from people who perhaps never heard of you before or just getting to know you. Keep it simple. Just ask for an email address. So if, if you have to ask for something else, maybe maybe the, the, the name of their, their, their company or something. But just yeah. <laughs> I, I, too often I, I, I see forms with eight or nine compulsory fields. People, a lot of people drop off and they just don't. Oh, and that's, because you're international, often when you're you're on social, you're getting into um, you know the United Kingdom, Canada included, where there's all these privacy issues, and because of these privacy issues, more people are reluctant to give out their information because they're feeling they're giving carte blanche for you to reach out to them. Obviously, it, it's a different proposition in B to C sales, Rhonda. But in terms of B to B, can you tell me a bit about? ways to measure how engaged a brand might be with terms and content related to a product and what salespeople should do to make contact with those engaged prospects in the right way. Does, for example, um, clout scoring still matter? Are there ways to identify a brand's online engagement with, with, with specific content? This is my personal feelings on clout score and peer index. They were relevant about um, five, you know, I guess three, four years ago. Um, but Bill, I'm finding more, especially clout, um, people were able to, if you did this, you got an extra 10 clout points. As a result now that when you're reading somebody's clout score, it's not necessarily indicative of the connection. Uh, it's unfortunate, but somehow through the process, these have been watered down. I like being strategic on social. Have your marketing team identify prospects that you need to be watching. And salespeople, sure, it prospects. But, you know, you need also to be engaged with the influencers. You need to understand the marketplace and who is who in the zoo. Because these influencers and these analysts that are out there in your space, they can actually contribute to your ROI if you've nurtured a relationship. Pushing and commenting on these individuals. You know, so many people are into developing content. 
Bill, when you see these people that you're trying to be engaged with doing a, a, a blog or, or they've got an article, don't hesitate to sit back in three, four sentences, four lines, well-articulated uh, comments. That will help so much to drive a relationship and help you be successful. Putting back on this idea of uh, ways to identify what brands are engaging with specific content. So there, there are different tools out there that which will help you show Brand X has, has engaged with this hashtag or this, this topic uh, 10 times in the last month, say. But what then does a sales team do with that type of information? How do you go about developing, building a database full of golden nuggets from all the clutter and noise that is out there on social? My favorite line is in, in sales, like if you're doing if you're doing emails and you're doing phone calls, you're you're just like that Charlie Brown character. It's blah 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 blah. You know, you're just part of the white noise. This is where I turn around and, and I recommend to salespeople and I just did a training session on Monday. I said you need to develop yourself into a thought leader leader in your space. And you need to be commenting. So much of sales is also being, is relationship. So don't hesitate to let people know about you personally. Develop that relationship. Put those people into your database. And the nice thing about it is that when you do make that phone call, after having a social presence and engaging with them on social media, the chances of them picking up that phone, your phone call or returning your email is significantly higher. You know, Bill, just stepping back, there used to be the movie, The Death of the Salesman. And I don't know if you remember, but Willie Loman, all he was was relationship driven. He really didn't talk about benefits or, or features at all. He just spoke about, you know, slapping the back of the good guy. In a way, sales has changed. People have to be very knowledgeable of their product. They have to be very understanding of the market and they have to be focused but they also have to be a person part of what i'm taking from from that answer there then is uh to find those golden nuggets to create a database of of strong prospects in, involves uh listening to what's uh, happening out there who's engaging with particular content um, who's engaging with it regularly and and maybe trying to get at what their motives are and at that point then trying to build personal relationships and drive people down the sales funnel is, is is that correct that's right and listening to what they're saying on social exactly now let's talk about crms for a moment uh you are a seasoned sales professional madam um so i'm, I'm sure i'm sure you've used plenty of tools out there in, in your time can you can you name two or three crms that you've used and tell us a bit about why you why you've liked them what's been good about them any drawbacks maybe too i think uh, in one company i used sugar and it was very user-friendly um i liked it i had really no problems with it it's just that i moved on and it was a crm that i tucked under my belt and and then i was introduced to salesforce which was like manna from heaven it just takes CRM and the sales needs to a whole next level. The next one is uh, pipe drive. It's a great price and it does the job. There's no sugar coating on it. It's very basic, but you know, it, it definitely serves the purpose. Now you kind of touched upon 
part of the answer to my next question uh, a little while ago. But largely, we've been focusing on social selling, uh, this sexy term social selling. I suspect in a couple of years, it will just be called selling. But from, from your experience, particularly in the last five years since there's been this huge onset of, of, of social selling, is there still a time, are there still times when a phone call or an in-person meeting or even a good old-fashioned print mailer can play an important role in pushing prospects down the sales funnel and then converting them in, in, into clients? For sure. And, and that's what your sales reps are paid for, is doing that phone call or doing that in-person meeting. Those are the sessions are relationship building. That's where you communicate and you exchange information. You communicate and exchange, you know, your thought leadership, your needs are, but you also develop that relationship. You learn that he plays golf or you learn that he's got a cottage and, you know, up north. That's where the phone call and an in-person meeting is so relevant. It's an opportunity to solidify a relationship I listened to a webcast um, that I had to laugh at, and I still love it. And it was, I forget the lady who said it, but it was like, pick up the goddamn phone. And, you know, Bill, that is so important that you need to be on the phone. Um, Email campaigns, they're great. They educate, but they don't build relationships. So I, I often find that I like to do email campaigns after I have developed a relationship or they at least know who I am, because then there is a significantly higher open rate. If you turn around and do a cold email, it's amazing now uh, how low the open rates are on, in cold emails. And, and not only that, um, focusing particularly on Canada, uh, the, the, the Castle uh, legislation means that you've got to be very careful, of course, how, how you go about communicating with people through email. Um, oh, Definitely. Okay, so we're, we're, we're coming towards the end of uh, this particular show. Before we, before we wrap things up, how can our listeners learn more about you and connect with you, Rhonda? Sure. Um, well, I'm on LinkedIn, Rhonda, Rhonda Taylor. I'm on Twitter and social underscore Rhonda. I love my Twitter handle because it totally is a reflection of, of me as an individual. <laughs> okay, well, that takes us to the end of this particular show, Rhonda. Thank you very much for being our guest today. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Sales Hacks Show. Learn more about the training and benefits from the Canadian Professional Sales Association at cpsa.com.